Hi guys, Jason here. Really quick before we start the show, this episode with Dean Kissick is a great one. He is an amazing guest and a cool and smooth talker with a very powerful brain that is larger than ours. It was recorded last week, so just wanted to let you know that some of our references may be a little old. Um, you know, we talk about Chrissy Teigen, Netflix's Halston, some things like that. Usually we're on top of it, um, but this is just some older stuff. Just wanted to let you guys know before we get going. And then also really quick, if you go to store.donetodeathprojects.com, you can uh, purchase our hats. We have new hats available uh, in the classic navy color. We also have a white and a khaki color available. Those will probably go quickly, so make sure you hop on there. Here's today's episode with Dean Kissick. Hello, Chris Black. Today is Tuesday, the 18th, a.k.a. the 19th, and I'm here inside of my guest bedroom slash podcast studio, and Chris is also in here. Oh, very rare, baby. Chris Black is gracing Glendale with his presence once again, this time on a weekday, and there's no food involved, thank God. I did show up with um, a gallon of water, and I'm ready to fucking podcast, Jason. What the fuck are you doing? I got to put in my... Care by design focus CBD drops. It's like um, it's like Adderall. <laughs> you put it in your eye or just in your drink? I put it in my urethra. Okay, uh, do, hold on. Do you remember when people used to say that they would put liquid acid in their eye? Was that something you heard in high school? Of course, of course. Do you believe that to be true, or is that like the peanut butter on the dick dog story? Both of those are true, no, and I've no. seen both of them happen. <laughs> You've not seen liquid acid. I believe the dog dick story more for you than the acid. <laughs> I swear both of those things have been a part of my life. Wow, Orange County is twisted AF. I've never done acid in the eye, but I have watched a friend of mine get peanut butter licked off of his penis by a dog. It didn't last long, but it doesn't need to, you know? <laughs> no, it really doesn't. That's a good point. A couple licks and we get the message, you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something just came unplugged, bro. Okay, hold on. <laughs> Speaking of peanut butter, you brought over some great... Um, welcome gifts, one pack of American spirits, yellow earth day edition, not cheap. And then a pack of Quinn's peanut butter filled pretzels, gluten-free, also not cheap. Also very crunchy Quinn. I know you're listening. Send a bag. You dumbass. <laughs> I would Keep, quit playing with me. <laughs> Quinn be playing with you. I would never show up to Glendale empty handed. Um, and I post chicas on, on the stories. They're like TJ. Yes. My guys. Did Chica send you something? The chicas familia. Those it's a, it's a female run business that we like to support and they are, they are down and they are cool. I, I post the Martin's potato rolls. They're, they're fucking with the vision. I post the Quinn's and, and I'm left on red. I think that's kind of cool that Quinn's won't fuck with you. Do you think they fuck with anybody? Who's getting the bag? <laughs> I don't think anybody does. Which podcasters are getting free pretzels? That's that's the question that we need to answer. I mean, to they're today. not even sending Chrissy Teigen a bag, bro. I don't think Chrissy, dude. <laughs> did you read that? Did you read this story about Chrissy Teigen? The Courtney Stodden DMs. I saw a little. She she like DM'd her like death threats, like I hope you die type shit. Can you imagine getting a, a death threat from Chrissy Teigen? Of all the things that Teigen has done, is that going to be? The straw that breaks the camel's back for her is her. I think people, sending death threats to I a think, woman. She was famous because she like dated an old guy, right? She married an old guy. She married an old guy, and she 
took the time to DM her like, "I hope you die, you bitch," or something. Yeah, like that. Yeah, take a dirt nap or some shit. Something, <laughs> something real cute. Take a dirt nap. I think that we're suffering from Tegan fatigue, and she can it can be pushed over the edge into full get out of here with a few false moves like this one. Full get out of here. That's what we call being canceled now. <laughs> well, she won't be canceled. Tegan was like thirty two, <laughs> and like bullying a sixteen year old, and she's also like. I mean, she just sucks, and she's and John. She's married to John Legend. That's really, I mean, like that's kind of what she's famous for now because she pivoted into being like a mom. She's she's just a business, but she stopped drinking, which that was her other thing. Was like, I love wine, you know what I mean. (laughs) So now she stopped drinking. She quit Twitter and came back because she couldn't live without it. And she's starting to run out of Bravo shows to talk about. She, I mean, she literally gives us nothing. Like John Legend is definitely closeted, but at least he gives us great music. He's a wonderful mother. I could be mother. Look, I'd be a wonderful mother too if I had a nanny for each kid. That ain't nothing with John Legend paying for it all. She doesn't deserve John, does she? Honestly, no. John has given us a lot. If you really think about it, his output to height ratio has hurt him. I think. How tall is Legend? I don't five. Think, five? I don't think tall is the word that we're using to describe him. The jumper ain't wetty. He he's more of a perimeter guy. <laughs> he's, uh, he ain't pulling down any rebounds. He, yeah, I mean, I don't know how tall John Legend is. If you add the Hollywood two inches, it's probably going to be four inches for him. You know, he's wearing lifts on the on the vanity he's on his, shoot. He's on his little Tom Cruise swag. Hold on, I'm going to look this up. He's got to be five, six, I would say. So actually five, four, five, nine. <laughs> okay, so, so five, five, seven. So he's five, six. Yeah, I, I give he's going to do a four. Like most actors will do a two inch bump. You, 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 you go up to him. That John, like John, Halston, you know what I'm saying? D- desperate <laughs> times call for desperate measures. He needs a four inch bump. Yeah, no Halston. Yeah, fuck Chrissy Teigen, John Legend. They'll get divorced. He'll get he'll get fed up with it at a certain point. They got multiple kids. Do you think that stops people from getting divorced? That's like literally why people get divorced. I'm pretty sure no one's ever got divorced if they have kids together. That's a good point. <laughs> I should, I should have rethought that. I apologize <laughs> for that. But I I just don't see. But that. I think John Legend is happy. He was like, I can't believe I bagged this chick. I've been trying to have sex with her since 1998 or whatever. John Le- no, John Legend was getting plenty. John Legend was doing his little thing, thing. Yeah, you're but in the you- studio with Kanye at the height. Yeah, but speaking you went of, to Harvard. Of all the words to use, height is still the issue that needs to be factored in here. Chrissy Chris- Teigen's got got a full foot on man's, mm-hmm. and she lets him dive into it. Is she a big dog? Is she five eleven? She's not a short. No, she's, she's not short. short. No, she's not short. Wait, hold on. Have you built with Tegan before? Yeah. <laughs> so, so because you just looked at me. See, this is why we got a pod in the same room more often. You looked at me with a, a knowing look about her height that goes beyond a Wikipedia search. Would you agree with that? That's right. It was the tale of the tape face to face. You broke bread with Tegan. I did, yeah. At what hot eatery? It was a shitty restaurant in Orange County. <laughs> what? I don't want to say, but it was one of those places that does like very wild preparations and like funky plating and like crazy like popcorn pork belly Are, slider isn't, but type isn't shit. she considered a foodie mm-hmm. this is before felix was open i guess this was, this was when she was on a mtv food show with eddie wong and they it was like all these and there's there another judge on the show that was a chef from this restaurant and they're like yo we're going down to go like do like a bro deal meal at this restaurant orange county this is when i was talking and hanging out to with eddie we need the mayor of orange county to come with us we're not good down there unless jason is there and it was i I had a blast it was i had a lot of fun hanging out with tegan 
but um but yeah now we don't really talk we and we never really spoke after that why would we did she follow you back yeah she can still follow us tj does she that's right should we get her on the pod no. break the silence what do you mean no if 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 she agreed to do it you wouldn't do that i would do it yeah sure then why'd you just say no because i'd rather not we'd be putting up joe rogan numbers and we don't have to talk about silencing the voice of the white straight man uh i would like to silence her voice as much as possible <laughs> if, if i'm if i'm being honest with you. i, I love... feel like most folks agree with you so yeah that's all that's it chrissy teigen's bad popcorn <laughs> shrimp pork belly popcorn, sliders bad pork belly. i love sliders though let's i mean i know you're a, you're a slider guy you're not when's the last time you ate a slider I would never eat a slider. <laughs> You've never had a slider in your entire life? No. Jesus. Well, because those are, those are you know, Wagyu. <laughs> <laughs> not all. The kind of places I'm going, the slider be Wagyu. What it, not all Wagyu is slider, but also not all slider is Wagyu. And speaking of Wagyu, we were just talking to a friend of the show, Neg Nance, Chris Chang. Oh, yeah. And we, we're in the middle of setting up. It's been too long since we've been on our kind of TikTok restaurant tour. Yes. We hit Boa, we hit or you know all the all the spots, but uh, a new challenger has entered into the arena. I am very excited about this development because so I have a problem. I don't know if this happens to you where some of your texts only go to your computer and not your phone. Yeah, it's usually the other way around. Well, the group chat with Chang is only go between you me and Chang only goes to my computer. Mm. So when I open my computer, it's Funky. a fun surprise about Chang being like, "Let's go to Salt Bay's restaurant." Okay, that makes sense because when we were talking, I didn't even realize you were in that group chat because you were so silent. It makes sense now. But Salt Bay's restaurant just opened in Beverly Hills in the last few weeks, and it's time to do another corporate write-off and turn up with some gold leaf tomahawk <laughs> chops i honestly is there anything for me to eat there besides like mashed potatoes they got, they got salads they'll have something called like the kitty like the slutty kitty salad <laughs> <laughs> it's the all the menu items have awful names i didn't know that i don't know much about it's gonna him. be like the pimp greens or I something like that <laughs> I didn't know much about him. I don't know much about him mercifully, but I, I'm under the impression that business is booming. He has like multiple restaurants. If you go to the the Salt Bay restaurant website, he has a restaurant in maybe like 30 cities all over the world. And it's all like basically whatever the the high spender, big dog. It's just it's like Scottsdale. Con- no, Las no, no. Vegas. It's It's more. It's like. Arab Emirates, Saudi oh, okay, Arabia, okay, okay. like it's, a, it's an international yeah, yeah. operation. I think I think the bulk of their money is coming in from Russia, from Russia Eastern Europe, Middle East, Middle East, places like that. Damn. So where is it? Beverly Hills? Yeah, somewhere in Beverly Hills. I don't know. Do you think a table is hard to come by though? Uh, I don't think it's going to be the toughest table in town. It ain't going to be no GGs. I don't know a single person there, and I don't I don't think it'll be that hard because like Eater came out with a story talking about it and it was not favorable it was just kind of like making well, fun of i don't it. think the person that goes to salt bay's restaurant is checking out the eater review whoever is going to a salt bay restaurant has no idea what eater or yelp is yeah they just they have mx and uh <laughs> or they need to like launder some <laughs> yeah launder i gotta some spend gun money. this money what's the what's the i feel like it'll be good maybe? i think I, I i worry it'll be good i worry that it'll be because number one on your list is still boa of all the shit restaurants that we went to yeah and i didn't even really like it but it just but still we have to rank it it would be we would be stupid not to rank and yeah, i don't yeah. my vote doesn't count because i'm not a, a foodie what else was that? so there's delilah there was boa there was no i mean because we can't beat nobu and malibu that was that's a real restaurant but that doesn't count 
Yeah. Uh, that's not because Sunset Tower restaurant. doesn't count. No, no, no. Sunset Tower doesn't count. Yeah, it needs to be like a Katana. I would hit Katana anytime. Katana's got heat. Oh, God. I'll hit Katana anytime. No, 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 no. No? no. Or what's, your, what's the place that you went to? Catch? Like Catch that? was... Bro, Catch was... Okay, if, if, the, if the biggest culinary mind in the in the building is rapper of the game then <laughs> that seems good that does no? not seem oh, good okay, i'm sorry that seemed bad well speaking of biggest rappers in the game we do have a great guest today dean dean kissick uh a, a well he's he's british but lives in lives in new york um he is the editor of spike uh an art magazine from germany um, he has a great column called Downward Spiral. He's one of the the brighter guys that we've had on the podcast. He was on Red Scare, and his voice is so soothing. He should go on every podcast just for that reason. His voice sounded so good on Red Scare, so I can't wait to hear what his voice sounds like on a podcast that has actually good audio quality. We'll I see what happens. Don't come for my queens. Their audio quality is not the point, Jason. I know, I know. No, I mean, they're also my queens. The last episode I listened to was great. I was talking to him about it. The fact that their audio quality and editing is not... It's charming. It is charming. <laughs> So, yeah, let's give let's, Dean a call. Let's tap in with Big Deanie. Let's see how good he sounded let's on go. Zoom. I'm sorry I'm late. I've just been uh, rushing rushing down from Union Square. Were you purchasing some, some produce? What were you doing up there in Union Square? I was doing some writing in the park. Oh, my God. I did go to Paragon Sports to buy a tennis permit, and I went to pick up a load of tennis balls. How much is a load of balls, by the way? Well, not a load, a dozen. Okay, okay, that's a, that's, a, that's a load. And in New York, that's a load. You need a tote bag for that. You know what I mean? That's like a whole thing. So yeah. riding in the park in Union Square, it sounds like a very lovely activity. I'm I'm jealous of your day so far, Dean. How often do you write in the park? I haven't done it so much this year. I did a lot last year. Is this on laptop or are you doing pen to the pad? Yeah, just pen and pad. It's very nice. I, I highly recommend it to anyone. It's the first time I've been to Union Square for a while. And they've put up all these tables, almost like picnic areas everywhere. They've put up all these green parasols that they usually don't have. And little fold-out tables and little fold-out chairs. And they've got various seating areas all around the inside mm-hmm. and the outside of the park. Very nice. It's like an, an Italian plaza square. Yeah, exactly. Because when I think of Union Square, I'm thinking about like, you know, a free hug guy, you know, with the sign. Maybe some, maybe some farmers market. Maybe uh, some chess players. Those are kind of the iconic, you know, Union Square things that I think of. But I go there to check out the, I check out the urban street dancing, and then they also have a Nordstrom's <laughs> rack over there, and I will browse the, the XL section. Sometimes, I, one time I came up on a nice pair of UGG boots over there, and then Whole Foods is just across the park. You know, name a better square. That's true. That name a better square. I mean, I didn't know. Is that? Do you get? Do you like going there versus like Tompkins because it's less people you know and you can sit in in solitude? Or what? What is your reason for Union Square versus another park? I live in Soho now, so I really like the corner of uh, Spring and Thompson. There's some nice mm. chess tables there. You can do like real people watching on that corner mm-hmm. in particular. Particularly now, like people have really come out in the craziest. Craziest looks. It's America's runway over there. <laughs> the fits. So you're saying the fits are insane right now in New York? Yeah, I saw. I saw a guy on that corner the other day. I really, I remember this one very clearly. He was wearing like a Vivian Westwood hoodie, okay. but with the with the sleeves torn off, and he was this incredibly ripped guy, like giant arms, wearing this Vivian Westwood hoodie with his sleeves torn off, and then he was wearing kind of Vivian Westwood sneakers. I didn't know they did that kind of thing. Like 
translucent, futuristic Vivian Westwood sneakers. It's an Asics. It's an Asics collaboration. They've done. They've done like a few sneakers now. Okay, so so he's strolling down the street in Vivian Westwood, really ripped, and he had a two baby stroller, like a power stroller, just marching up what? and down. Ooh, I was about to say, why didn't you ask Dwayne the Rock Johnson for an autograph? But I don't think he has two small children. That's a that's a whole look. I don't think of Vivian Westwood as kind of like a buff guy's uniform, but obviously he had to make those edits himself to squeeze the biceps into it. I think that's what edits. That's what you're saying. Okay, Halston. Yeah, yeah. I'm, have you watched Halston, Dean, on Netflix? Uh, no, I haven't. I haven't watched Halston. I haven't. I don't really watch a lot of. Um, I don't even have Netflix. I'm not so up on the streaming stuff. You're more of a Criterion guy? Uh, VHS? Not really. I don't watch a lot of films, but I did. I got sick recently, so I watched some films and I enjoyed it. That was very, very out of character. So you don't, you're not a streamer and you don't watch a lot of films. Are you, do you watch anything? Sports? Big sports guy? Uh, a little footy? <laughs> I'm going to watch the Euros. England have a very good team. It's, I was actually thinking as Anglophiles. Or at least one of you is an Anglophile. I was going to push that. I think you should support England. And I think this might be England's summer after 56, 57 years of hurt. I think this might be our summer. So it's a good time. Will, will England as a whole explode if this victory is, is it, it will be insane, right? Yeah, it'll be completely insane. It will bring the country back together, I think. It's maybe it's maybe the only thing that could reunite. Reuniting <laughs> the only thing that can bring you guys together is a shared hatred of your surrounding countries that you would have to defeat in these in the Euros. Yeah. Have you gotten a scene report from London now that the pubs are open? Have you talked to some friends to give us a little... Because it looks pretty good on Instagram, but I need an on-the-ground report. No, I haven't spoken to anyone since it reopened. It seemed, it seemed pretty pretty grim there. But I'm sure it's great now. Can you hypothesize what you think it might be like? London is very nice in summer. There's few things nicer anyway than a kind of English pub garden, drinking in the sunshine. I used to live in London a long time. I do miss it in a way. I can hear I can hear the verve playing in my fucking AirPods right now, Dean. You really situated me. If England do well, in particular, like if England do well in the Euros this summer and all the pubs are reopened and everyone's hanging out outside, COVID will come back? That's what you think? No, 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 no. It'll be, it'll be euphoric. I need that for England. I mean, I, I am desperate to visit. I have been told that a friend, that there's a Marlebone apartment waiting for me whenever I'm able to cross. Does that feel like the right neighborhood for me? Or do you think I should be exploring other options? I think Marlebone is pretty much the nicest <laughs> part of town. I think to live, if you're going to live there a long time. It's got a lot of... Um, Really nice high-end cookware stores. I used to walk up and down Marlebone High Street sometimes, and I just stand outside these just really expensive cookware stores and just gaze through at these hanging pots and pans and kitchen appliances and kind of imagine. Just waiting for that copper set to go on sale one day. I get it. I like the idea that that neighborhood can support more than one high-end cookware store. That that means <laughs> it is the place for me, even though I don't cook. Yeah, it's a real real foodie part of town. Dean, are you chefing it up in the kitchen? No, no, I'm not yeah. at all. I'm not at all. I just like the lifestyle it suggests. So what, what lifestyle do you think high-end cookware suggests exactly? You know, I grew up in the countryside till I was 10 or so, and then I lived in Oxford, it's a small city in the south. I used to have these dreams of living in London or New York, places like that. And when I was a kid, I'd read about, you'd read about it maybe in the weekend papers my mum and dad would get. I'd kind of dream of this 
metropolitan lifestyle where you have a great kitchen and you have like nice modernist furniture. You know, it's nice to go to say a department store in Paris and look at the lighting section or go look at the food halls and stuff. Even though I'm not necessarily going to buy that stuff or I'm not sure that I would. I just like that kind of the dream of lifestyle it suggests. It's a dress you don't mind trying on every once in a while. Yeah. It's amazing. I mean, I I I love to overspend. You know, it's kind of my problem, so it's it's quite easy for me to somehow spend $100 in a plate. I don't even like eating that much and I'm still it's still possible <laughs> for me to spend $100 in there no problem. Yeah, Dean, do you have any uh any items that you have a problem with on your spending? Something that you don't really ever check the price tags? You know, I don't know if it's clothes, cars, faucets, whatever it might be. Yeah, I spend a lot on coffee, pastries sometimes. <laughs> pastries. <laughs> Pastries is a problem. That's. I mean, when do you think the body is going to turn? If you're eating so many pastries right now, you look like a pretty svelte fella. Well, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna start eating less pastries, but that's maybe maybe coffee. I'd say coffee. Okay. What's the king of pastries? Gun to your head, last pastry you can have. King of pastries. <laughs> Sounds like a fat guy in Philadelphia, doesn't it? <laughs> um, is it the Queen Amon? I like Dominique Ansel. So don't say the Krona. I was thinking Dominique Ansel. Well, I had a Queen Amon from Dominique Ansel yesterday. I think yesterday or the day before. Okay. That's very good. I like actually a lot from Dominique Ansel toasted coconut chocolate croissant. Maybe it's like a toasted coconut chocolate almond croissant. There's a lot going in there. It's a really like heavy croissant. When you have it in the bag, you can feel it weighing you down. So I'd recommend anyone to go. It was like three or four stone in there, just one croissant alone. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that that is delicious. And I t- that I Dominique d- Incel can cram a lot of ingredient, <laughs> ingredients <laughs> in, can't he? That does. I mean, honestly, though, that does sound delicious. I mean, that sounds like all shit that would work. I mean, in my opinion, though, you put coconut anything in the in croissant, croissant. That's blasphemy to me. His whole game is blasphemy. That's his whole thing, Jason. This sounds like Nine Inch Nails lyrics so far. I like it. I, I didn't I didn't know you were such a pastry guy, Dean. That I'm that's an interesting flake on your croissant. Every thin guy in New York is a pastry guy. Low key, they eat in croissants on the daily. You enjoying a nice cigarette with that coffee and croissant or no? Uh, I smoke Marlboro Lights sometimes, but I'm trying I try not to so much, but but I only do it when I'm drinking. Yeah, I no longer have that pleasure of a cigarette and a coffee. It doesn't it doesn't do it for me like it used to. But I think if I go to um, say Europe, hopefully I'll get to go to Europe. Maybe maybe if I was in Paris or Naples or somewhere like that, you know, you have to have when a, in Rome, smoke yeah, like the Romans do. Yeah, you got to have a cigarette and a coffee in the morning. Few pleasures as great as this. I stepped out on my door couple of days ago really feels like summer here stepped out my door downtown and it's kind of a hot summer morning and i can smell the cigarette smoke drifting over the streets smell like <laughs> coffees people's lunches and it's such a beautiful feeling so you don't have a problem with secondhand smoke no, of course not of course not <laughs> i only have a problem with secondhand smoke when i'm jogging and i get hit in the face with it that's the only time i have an issue with it other times i'll take it in as a little bit of pleasure. Yeah. Dean, I think I first became aware of you after listening to you on Red Scare talking about NFTs, which, and that feels like it was six months ago, doesn't it, Dean? Yeah, yeah. That was a a couple months ago, I think. Maybe less. Yeah, a couple months ago. A, how much do you think the NFT world has changed since then? And B, how much are you sick of talking about NFTs at this point? I'm, I'm not sick of it. I think I think going on Red Scare really changed my life, you know, and kind of brought me, 
brought me opportunities like being on for this the better or for the worse oh, for the better like it's uh, okay i mean you're talking to us now right yeah, exactly. This is this is a perfect example of it. it. It brought me on. I would like to point out that I just not to you know, but my relationship with Dean did predate his appearance on Red Scare. But I, I, I you know, you know, I just want to point that well, out. Well, and but also yes. you were you were known for having such a distinctly pleasant, calming, and sexy voice on the show. Has anyone ever only recognized you from your voice in public? Like you're walking around at Whole Foods. And you'll be asking somebody where the quince pace is and someone's ear will perk up and be like, I think I heard that motherfucker on Red Scare. And then they'll come find you. Has that happened? No, I don't. I don't think so. People have, sugge- people have suggested that it's fake, you know, that I'm like oh, put it, putting put, it on, putting it all on or um, that sort of thing. But yeah, no, no one's no one's recognized me just by that. It, it happens to Chris a lot, but he has a very loud and booming, distinct voice, so that makes more yeah, sense. Yeah, it has happened to me a handful of times, um, but yeah, much more boisterous than you are, so I think that, that tracks. Yeah, both, both of you guys could be voiceover actors for a wonderful Pixar film, and you guys would sort of be the yin and the yang, the, the fire and the ice type of characters. Chris that's, might be a, a bumbling bulldog. And you would be kind of like a sexy frog, you know what I mean? <laughs> boyish, a boyish, sexy boyish. Frog. I mean, did the so you're you're saying your appearance? So it, it you're saying that appearing on a podcast actually did create opportunities for you in in a good way? Oh, I think it did change my life to some extent, at least. But I'd never, I've never been asked to go speak at a college or anything like that never been asked mm-hmm. to teach or go do a guest talk or conversation anything like that and i really have had a big chip on my shoulder about it actually like it's something that really <laughs> annoys me and i find quite quite offensive and then um <laughs> since uh, since going on red scare i got to go do like a zoom conversation with nyu and i got to also do a kind of talk conversation with the royal college of art which is my old college out in wow. out in west london so I feel very vindicated. We've heard you on Red Scare. Yeah. We must have you at once. <laughs> we heard you discussing retards on, on <laughs> Patreon. Well, yeah. It, it, yeah, they didn't pay for the Patreon episode. They only heard, they only heard the, the free one. Yeah, it turns out that's what, that's what gets you ahead. I quite enjoyed it, actually. When I was doing this, well, NYU thing in particular, I was talking to a class of students and it's online and they were all mostly in their respective homes, I think. Most of them were outside of New York, so they were in parents' homes or whatever. And a lot of these... They're all in Martha's Vineyard. They all looked really cold. I don't know why. They kind of... They, it, it, was, it was like a warm day. And as the longer I was talking, people were like just wrapping themselves in more and more layers of blankets and they, they looked really cold and unhappy. But for the, for, the, for the most part, they just looked really disaffected, really disinterested and disaffected by the whole thing. And it really reminded me. Well, I mean, you, it sounds like you fucked up their ski trip. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I found that, you know, I found it quite like exciting. It, rem- it reminded me of like when I was that like young disaffected student. And it's very like uh-huh. it's, a, it's an exciting kind of place to be in a way. I can relate. No, no. I mean, I was very disinterested as a studio student too and, and i think it's hard to be doing um you know online learning as i was rushing down from union square to come here i kind of cut through washington square park on my city bike about half an hour ago and there, it's like nyu graduation day there 
I guess. So there's people in like purple gowns. Yeah, no, no. Unfortunately, you know, Hillary Clinton's not giving the commencement speech at Yankee Stadium this year, but you know, you still get to graduate and your parents only spent, you know, roughly 200,000, you mm-hmm. know, so it's, it's pretty, I mean, it seems pretty good to me. The deal seems pretty good. Yeah. And that's why Dean was late for this episode. He, he saw the ceremony and he had to pull the city bike over and, and buy flowers and stuff to kind of give them out to the kids. It's part yeah, of his, yeah, his yeah. sexy frog persona that he, <laughs> Yeah, continues to perpetuate when dean and i met up a couple weeks ago in new york for for a chat i think we were we were talking specifically about how this might be the worst time in culture that we've ever lived through and i dean you just made you made some very good points and i i agreed with you for the most part but i would love for you to like expand on that theory a little bit that we're living in the ugliest time culturally aesthetically that we've ever lived in before name five cultures right now off top just to see what you're rocking with like i know the most about art art feels very exhausted and feels like there's a lack of new ideas and you can feel something similar going on in music something i've heard you guys talk about before like maybe say with the dominant genres of rap have become very formulaic very kind of cyclical and perhaps we're kind of in a an interregnum while we're we're waiting for the new the new genre of rap or the new kind of art to come through. Something I think that's like a perfect example of the phenomenon. There was a video that went viral. I particularly saw it through like a Willie Staley tweet, but there were uh, various versions of it where there's TikTok dancer. Who's it? Addison Ray? Is that her name? I think. It, yes, it, yes, it, yes. One of the largest names on TikTok. It's, yes. It's Addison Ray, who I think is the second most popular person on TikTok. And she's dancing on the... Um, Tonight Show, I guess, with a, with a presenter behind her, like with the names of different songs on big pieces of paper. And, and she's kind of performing these different songs to like the, the song titles he's holding up. And it all just seems so like robotic and joyless. It's this completely inhuman, joyless form of entertainment. And, and you could talk about this in different different forms as well, perhaps like Marvel Cinematic Universe dominating cinema would be an example of this, perhaps yeah. like forms of streaming television although i don't really watch the stuff so i'm not qualified to say emily in paris fast and furious yeah and ray they're all lumped into the same category yeah 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 although i did i did like emily in paris so that wasn't really my man but i like paris but then even you know this thing going on where there's the gossip girl writer or whatever is online kind of saying how this is going to be like a sex positive like uh educational show now or whatever like like everything just seems so kind of emptied out and created by algorithm or created to to match a kind of mass audience i think a lot of it has to do i believe a lot of it has to do with the kind of network form and the way that social media or just networked communication encourages things to become it doesn't encourage innovation it just encourages more and more and more of the same and that's i guess the way algorithms are kind of designed is to find something someone likes or find something a lot of people like and just hit them with more and more and more of it so that's where we are presumably at some point that explodes and kind of something new comes along so when you say it explodes does that mean like like a decimation, like a, a flattening of the earth so we can begin again from new? Or, you know, does something have to die before it comes back is what I'm asking. Yeah, I think people get people will just get really sick of having the same of everything. And I'm sure this has happened many, many times in the histories of you know, different media, different culture. You kind of 
you maybe have to kill something before you can move on. One other thing I'd say on this, though, which is kind of the flip side, is we're also maybe seeing a change in what culture is or where culture happens. I still see it in terms of like art, music, movies. But what's really happening now is probably more to do with um, personalities and identities and the way people create new identities or explore the limits of identity online, the way people kind of turn their personality into some crazy story or some crazy commodity. You know, mm-hmm. I, th- I think what's happening in, in that area is really interesting. And that's kind of something new and perhaps exciting. Do you have an example of, of someone who's done that, that you have enjoyed? I mean, I, I've hung out a couple of times with a friend of yours, Caroline Calloway, and she's very, she really <laughs> lives that, you know, like it's, mm-hmm. it's not an act. That is her through and through. And if you, if you talk to her at any point, go to a talk party with her and talk to her at any point during the night. And she is, she is that person. She is the kind of self as performance yeah sometimes i wonder if there's ever a moment where it ever fully turns off you know it's kind of the way we live now right i agree with you i think that is the way we live i think that's why she's been able to succeed doing this partly is because it's like this is what people want and succeed means you know different things to different people like i don't know if you want infamy or you want money or you want success or what the eventual goal is of of something like that you know what i mean i think that's the question like how do we gauge that or do we just take it in and that's what it is what it is and also you have to pay attention to a certain level of these things and these people you know you have to sort of know what jake paul is doing and you have to know who addison ray is a little bit or else you'll be considered a luddite or like the weirdo at the party who lives in a van down by the river or something i am a luddite that's why i was late today i guess is because i don't because <laughs> I, I i don't have like google calendar so i don't get the kind of you, i'm sorry you don't have google calendar I just write things down, <laughs> but I, I, I write them down on Apple Notes. I'm like I write down, but I don't. I don't have. I like that. I like that. I don't have much. I to do, do too. I'm, I'm not a busy person. <laughs> <laughs> not in that sense. So you live a bit more of a park life style than than Chris might, is what you're saying? Yeah, or I do a lot of work, but it's just for a deadline. I don't need to be on a lot of Zoom calls to do it you're not ideating with the team as much as other people might be <laughs> no though I'm, I'm happy to do that i'm, I'm available for work you know, <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, i will i will ideate i will ideate for money just let me know i'm available well, then, you, know, you, you do a lot of these creative jobs and you and you do writing and all those things and and brands and strategy and all that stuff but in that field of creative work what is what is the ultimate goal for you what is the ultimate dream gig to be doing in terms of what I really enjoy, kind of dream gigs, like I, I think it's nice to work for big fashion houses. I do a lot of writing, some writing, a bit of editing sometimes for Lueve. And I enjoy that, not just because it's kind of interesting work, fairly well remunerated, but it's, it's a brand I like and it's a brand I have even bought and wear sometimes. I still kind of feel the appeal of fashion, like I still, fashion mm-hmm. still gets me excited so aside from enjoying the work, the kind of allure of being involved with a house like that, yeah, still gets me. Like it's nice to be mm-hmm. on the nice to be on the same team of um, a great designer or kind of a great creative directing team. It's also like if I like the image that's put up on the billboards, the kind of image the brand is putting out in the world, it's nice to be part of that image and even to like 
help contribute to it. I feel you 100% on this. I think it's it is nice to even if it's even if it's um, you know, it can be a struggle, you're not going to agree all the time. I do think it's nice to be a part of something bigger. You know what I mean in that way when when it's like you think the the final vision is going to be realized, it's nice to be a part of that, especially as like a little bit of an outsider, you know what I mean? Because you're not in the office every day, like watching the process. You get it at a certain point. Yeah, it, it's something um, Natasha Stagas said before. Kind of brands have so much power over the magazines now. It makes more sense to be involved with the brands because they're the people who have the money and the freedom and they're kind of creating more new stuff now. You know, you work with Spike, which is obviously like an independent magazine. You know what I mean? Are they, is that something that's purely, is that just, does that exist purely for the love of the game or is that a profitable entity or, or is this, is it like a, an artistic endeavor? Well, one of the founders, my boss, Rita is an artist. She founded the magazine about 13 years ago. I think it's kind of artistic, but, um, they make money. It pays the bills at least. And the magazine is based in uh, Berlin. So I do think in Europe, there's a lot of support for this kind of thing. That magazine particularly like jumps out at, I mean, when you look at that, the cover jumps out at you in a nice way. <clears throat> you know, I think we're, I think magazines are, are never going to, to go away. I think it's still going to be the thing where it's just more specialty and more expensive. And that's where we're going to live. And I think there's a lot of these fashion houses are happy to spend money on advertisements to keep these magazines around, at least for now, because an older guard, for lack of a better term, is still in charge. They're going to die soon. You know what I mean? But I think the people are like, Fashion Week's never going to come back. And I'm like, yeah. Yeah, it is. It's still six-year-old men and women in charge of this shit that want it to come back. Like, it's not a twenty-year-old who like cares about carbon emissions who's deciding whether fashion shows haven't they learned anything from Halston on Netflix? Exactly, exactly. But I think that like the old white guy is still going to call the shots at the end of the day. All that stuff is going to continue because the people in charge wanted to continue. I don't think there can be a, a real shift away from it until it's truly like a new guard that that is in charge of making those decisions. Hopefully, I'm talking to the new guard right here. You are. <laughs> For listeners at home, Dean violently shook his head. No, be a be a gatekeeper, Dean. Be a fucking gatekeeper. I'm 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 not part of it. I'm not really so so involved in the fashion industry. Dean, big Dean floats, man. Dean, you can't pin him down. I don't know. I you know I, that's what I love. The mystery is is titillating. Okay, are you 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 mentioned being a fan of fashion? You said fashion still gets you, still moves you. You've done some work with Loewe, and they have some interesting you know funky choices, but. I feel like you might be more of a uniform dresser. Where, where do you normally stand on a day-to-day fit? Most days I'm just wearing like Nike shorts and a t-shirt, standard white t-shirt. But I do, I do buy some designer stuff. I, I do like that. I like, like more and more I like to get um, garish garments. You, you said you like to buy them, but do you like to wear them? Yeah, yeah. No, I do, I do, I do wear them. I like to dress up to go out sometimes. And it, it's part of being um, like I'm half Asian, I'm half Japanese, and I feel very, I feel very Asian if I'm wearing like a kind of a slightly ridiculous getup sometimes, you know, like oh, a kind of colorful, bright. You feel a little BTSy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting. It, it's such a part of Asian culture, I think. You know, being being into liking designer stuff, even though you maybe shouldn't, and buying kind of slightly silly garments and like kind of overdressing a bit clashing we all have a few friends like that yeah david cho for one colorful pair of sneakers perhaps yeah i like that sometimes i would like to wear the same thing every day but then i do get the trigger finger itch to purchase something a little louder a little more extreme 
and more expensive, more mainly because there's nothing that compares to the only thing that compared to the rush of buying designer clothes is cocaine. And I have done research in both of those markets, and I can I can say that they're equal. Yeah, you I, you snorted your way to the top of that al- uh, that algorithm, didn't you? I did, but D- Dean, also I saw you at a party a couple weeks ago, and I feel like you're you're out on the town, are you not? I've been out on the town a lot a lot over the last year, I'd say, because I think because New York really opened up kind of around June last year, I'd say, like like parties mm-hmm. really started happening around June. According to my spiteful Instagram story viewing, I would say those dates add up. Yeah. <laughs> track. Early mid-June. So that was a long time ago. It was a long time ago. So I, it was a year ago almost. I, I would go to things, and I'll go to things if I'm invited. Dean will go to the opening of an envelope, huh? I'll go, I'll go, to, uh, I'll go to like an indoors party during a global pandemic, I'd say. And, and I'm like, and I, and I'm, Does anybody know any good indoor <laughs> parties tonight? <laughs> Sometimes, like, you'd get invited to a party on a rooftop in fall, and I'd, like, text text the host and be like, you know, are we really going to be on a rooftop, though? Because I want to <laughs> I want to hang out with you, but I don't want to be, like, outside on a rooftop tonight. That's going to be horrible. And I'd always say, you know, so they say, well, you know, the, the, the apartment's downstairs. Like, we can, <laughs> we, we can work it out. We'll see. We'll see where everything flows. I'm not going to wear my good trousers if I'll be sitting uh, crisscross on some tar-stained cement rooftop thing, you know? Yeah. Um, so so you've, if you've been going to parties for the last year almost, then you haven't really experienced the kind of reacclimation fatigue that seems to be going on with other people in the world right now of like going from zero to 60 overnight. No, I'm trying to go back to zero. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to get my life together. You went to the world and you said, I'd rather not. Yeah. <laughs> are you, are you, but are you turning up? Are you drinking that much or are you just out late? Yeah, I, I've been, I've been drinking too much. I think like doing, doing too much Coke sometimes smoking, smoking too many cigarettes, like mm-hmm. all, all these things I have like. Very cool. And I, and I think people no, it's not cool though. It's not cool. I need to, I want to, I want to pull myself together. Because it's, okay. it's so nice now. Like, I want to wake up in the morning, enjoy the day, you know, go out and enjoy these beautiful summer days. Your new life begins today. You thought it was Red Scare, but no, no, no. Red Scare got your profile raised, and we're going to get your, your mind, body, and soul raised. I do feel like my new life began today. I was, I was, already, I was already thinking that. I kind of... I, <laughs> <laughs> I, I weighed myself. I weighed myself this morning, and I thought, okay, this is this is the most I'm going to weigh. Like, oh yeah, like this needs to be the, <laughs> the peak. And now we're going to get back in shape. If you don't mind me asking, are you a single man? Are you in a relationship? Because that can affect your your drug intake, your food intake, and your social intake. Yeah, I'm a I'm a single man, and I think now is a good time to be single. I think this summer will be a good time to be single, but I also think, yeah, I shouldn't. Go off. I shouldn't be a single man forever. This is something else I've been thinking about. Is Dean ready to settle down? Five more years? Yeah, maybe. I have actually thought that before, actually. You're equivalent of like a woman deciding at what age they're going to have their baby. You're like, all right, what time am I going to stop fucking strangers, you know? No, I don't. I'm not. I'm not like fucking around like that. But by like, by settling down, I mean more. If I really wanted to get married or really wanted to have kids, 
that's something I would have to think about in the next five years, say. Although it's easy to keep on keep on putting these things off. Live in New York City, Dean. It's a it's a it's a playground. It's a it's it's really you know there are no rules there. You can be whoever you want to be for as long as you want, which is dangerous. I like that about New York. I think it's very different from London in that sense. Is there a pressure to is there a pressure to like do that stuff younger in London? A lot of people are coupled up, I think, but I haven't lived there for a decade, so I might be wrong about that. But I think it's more the sense of what you were saying about you can just be whatever you want, you know? You can be anything you mm-hmm. want. I think this comes back a bit to what I was saying earlier about the performance of personality, identity. Like, I think those possibilities are more open than they ever bef- were before. Oh, that's how I see this moment. I think the boundaries of what a kind of a human can be, a person can be, just seem to be getting more and more wild each passing week. Do you have any ideas on how you might be reimagining yourself? I'm not really one of the people I'm talking about. Well, when you moved here from London 10 years ago, did you change yourself? Did you reimagine yourself as a, a different person in New York? Yeah, it changed my life. It's, it's changed who I am for the better, I think. And my, my friends will say I've changed a lot. But um, I moved to Los Angeles first. And that's what really... Yeah, <laughs> yeah. put it up for Cali one time. He watched a full season of the OC, got on a plane, and was like, where are these guys in Rooney? I need to find these guys. I did like the <laughs> OC. And I lived like <laughs> I lived in Koreatown, kind of by Macasso Park. So I lived more mm-hmm. closer to downtown. But there were a few times I drove down to Newport Beach or places like that and kind of walked along the boardwalk and got, felt like I was getting more Did you more go there because you have like a fetish for getting beat up by guys? <laughs> You know, I found it quite, uh, I I didn't have that experience. I found it really like idyllic. I was like, I was like, wow, this is really the American dream. Like it's not, it's not my American dream, but I get it because I'm, I'm walking up and down this boardwalk and there's these beautiful houses and this perfect sunset and kind of there couldn't be a care in the world. Every day is Shaka 420. We're millionaires. (laughs) And that's a huge difference from MacArthur Park, get in your car, drive 49 minutes, and you're in Orange County doing that walk. It couldn't be more night and day. Yeah. Why did you come to LA first? You know, I've, I've been asked this before, and I always say the same thing, but it's true. Nice piece of ass. I, 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 I thought... <laughs> I had a little ting. I had a, I had a ting in Torrance. <laughs> Didn't work out, so here I am. Sadly, uh. sadly not. But I'd lived in London a long time and I was burnt out. And I thought that I thought New York would be quite like London and LA would be really different. I've come to realize that New York and London are just completely different cities. But LA is like another step of difference. Like the lifestyle there is so. There's many different lifestyles available there. But the lifestyle there in general is so different from London. So how long did you last in L.A. before you're like, I got to get the fuck out of here? I was there for three years, although I'd go, I'd go back to London two months a year to work. Laundry and stuff? Make money, but like to, mm-hmm. go, to go, go work for Condé Nast. In, um, what, what, what parts of Cali did you pick up and incorporate into your life? Do you have a taste for bomb-ass carne asada now? Or? Yeah, I did. I did like the food trucks, the, the taco trucks. <laughs> I'd never had that kind of Mexican back home. I'd only really had like Taco Bell 
like Tex-Mex. I'd never had like real Mexican. It was actually really good for me. Like it was really, it was good to kind of calm down, slow down a bit and enjoy life. I think it kind of reintroduced me to the beauty of the natural world, the beauty of a, of a sunset or a jacaranda tree or a hummingbird. I was also living with like different people, but I lived with a couple different girls who were very deep into kind of LA wellness. One of them, my friend Anna, she, she was actually working at Moon Juice. So she was like... Really? Yeah. yeah. So, so I, was, I was introduced to that world, which I was skeptical of, but it's still like I've kind of onboarded some of it for like healthy living, smoothies, that sort of thing. Are you still skeptical about smoothie culture? Because I'm, you know, I'd be drinking smoothies every day, Dean. <laughs> it was, it was more, no, it, it was more like the extremes. Ashwagandha powder, Reiki, sex dust, healing. Yeah. Mushroom fungus. Yeah. Or like, or like the stuff, the stuff that came with it. Like my friend who was working at Moon Juice, she said, you know, at first the kind of staff meetings are pretty reasonable, but then over time they start saying like, oh, you know, you should, you should never cut your hair. Like, you know, things get like, they start like, <laughs> they start telling up. you how many children you're allowed to have. Yeah. <laughs> and I'd have, she started, you know, there'd always be like, there'd always be some kind of YouTube healer or YouTube prophet would be like, playing in our house 24-7. Like, you'd constantly just be like... Oh, Jesus. Did you know this person before you moved in well? Or you, did she transform before your eyes? No, I, I knew her online. She was a friend of a friend. And then we lived together. This seems like a great miniseries forming. A young man coming over across the pond from London into the belly of the wellness beast, joining a cult. Yeah. Maybe you kiss somebody at the end. Yeah, we'll talk offline. But, but, but you know, these days I do uh, I do Headspace every morning, so I I took some of the yeah stuff rubbed off on me. How long? How long is your? How long are your sessions? I can't meditate. I just don't have it in me. No shit. I do ten minutes. <laughs> I was told you should be doing twenty minutes, but I do ten. That's my compromise. Are you still doing it, Jason? Uh, yeah, I, I do it. I've been meditating in the sauna lately. This bitch. But I used to do it. I used to do it every day. But I had to do it partially laying. I would I would be in the seated position, but laying down. So like my back would be on the floor and then my legs would be like my knees would be like 90 degree on the back of the bed. So I was like in the seated position and then full nude and then put the the headspace or the calm on noise canceling. That was peak peak meditation for me. I would fall asleep every time wake up feeling like a new man. Bro, why you got to have your clothes off for that? It's it's kind of like the sensory deprivation vibe. Mm. If I'm if I'm wearing all these clothes, I'll like I'll be aware of the them on my skin. But if I'm naked, then it's just one step closer to nirvana. You know what I mean? Without these corporate threads all over my body. These tattered these tattered rags that are just sent to the house, and you have to choose from them. I mean, that probably means that I need it the most. Is what I would say. Yeah, you need to be held down and slapped like a like a bad feral pig. I do. I really do. That's the only way we're gonna get you to calm down. I can't calm down. I can't not look at my phone. I mean, I feel like Dean. I feel like you have a good control over your screen time. Yeah, I'm. I'm getting better. Uh, kind of big change this year is I'm trying to like listen to a lot less. Listen to a lot less in general? Yeah, to like not be walking around listening to podcasts or listening to music all the time, even though that feels good. It's a crutch. Yeah, it, it just kind of fills my head. Like you, you kind of, it's easy to not like think at all. It makes things easier, not necessarily in a good way. Yeah. That's, that's something I think about a lot. It's hard for me to, yeah, I mean, I, the best I can do is listen to like classical music or jazz when I'm driving. 
because that relaxes that that's that to me when there's no lyrics I, i'm it's a different experience for me po- listening to podcasts and i i say this you know as a as a you know major force in the industry is fucked it is not good for you and when i was taking so much oxycontin and listening to like five hours of podcasts a day it was the darkest time of my life and i think that podcasts were darker than the drugs if i'm being honest you try listening that much mark Marin and see how you come out <laughs> I, I, how do you even five five hours of podcasts a day i mean i know you're a big joe budden guy but it was just early it was for me it was it was a little bit of like a discovery phase of the genre itself so you're like trying things and like you know deciding what you like and you dip into this one you dip into that one but like you know if you have three or four that you like it's pretty easy to listen to a lot of pop you know if you got especially that time i probably had six or seven you have some reply all was popping like there was a lot to listen <laughs> if to if you really hate the voice inside of your own head you could you could yeah yeah no, I mean, honestly that's that's what it is and i we've talked about it jason but i do think there's something to be said about like i don't know how healthy it is to hear people having conversations that you're not participating in all the time I mean, it's a very strange thing when you look at it you know from from outside what say you dean yeah no it's really good to have uh have a clear head especially if you're trying to get things done i forget who said this but some writer was saying like you should always you should always go to bed with a kind of question in your head, like a quandary, something, some problem you need to solve while you're sleeping. Maybe things get taken care of. If I'm working on stuff, I try to uh, walk around and think about it and not be listening to stuff and go to coffee shop or whatever, walk down to the beginning of my run or the gym and like think about this, this stuff I want to work on. Think about these problems I want to solve. I can do a good name drop here, actually. A, a, a couple of years ago, when I was living in East Village, I used to go to uh, a Brasau every day. Mm-hmm. It's like my favorite coffee shop. Dean knows. Dean's gang. Dean's gang, Jason. You hear that. You already know. Yeah, it's a, I've heard of this popular coffee shop before. It is It is amazing. I actually moved. It's kind of crazy, but I moved to 6th Street mainly just so I could be like a block from there and could go like right on my pad there every day. You're a Brasau slut. And it's a very, yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. I was never part of the kind of the, the community there. Um, I'd like stay stay apart from that. Yeah, I could live with I could live without the community. I could live. I'm with you. Yeah. I, I don't love communities at places like that. I'm just here for the bean. Yeah, I'd, I'd sit at the like Lono table. It's all people on their own reading books or writing in their notepads, and that is heaven for me. That's my favorite place. They 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 play amazing music there. Incredible, incredible music. Incredible bossa nova. It's a real kind of anti technological coffee shop. But at some point, I started bumping into Arca there. Arca was staying okay. at this the standard for a week. R&B's Arca. She would go there like every day. And she told me that she'd always go out for coffee without her phone. She'd say, you should really like, you should always try to go out every day without your phone. And it's just really changes your life. Like it's so good for you. Not, list, not listening to stuff is one step, but to just kind of be able to pop off for an hour and not even have it, not have that crutch is very kind of liberating i would i would literally have to schedule to do that on my phone to not do that with my phone but yeah i can i'm having daydreams and fascinations of what that must be like just to go to whole foods go shopping and drive home because you have to be so aware of the world you you're not just relying on your map on your your ways map or your google maps to get home you're engaged in the world it's very different i'll give it a shot i'm just kidding i'm not gonna fucking do that you kidding me dean i mean you should do it i wish unfortunately no i will do it unfortunately jason could do it unfortunately my work i i like can't do that like i'm not that kind of i don't know how that would that would only serve me in my personal life which you know who cares (laughs) i don't get paid for that 
unable to unplug. Yeah, exactly. Unable to unplug. Um, Dean, that's bad. It was a pleasure. Thank you for joining us, King. That's great. I'm I'm a big fan of the show. It's been a real honor to be on it. Dean, you listen to this shit? <laughs> I, I thought higher of you. You know, I've I, I've actually I've actually listened to every episode. No way. I, I quite often like stop if I don't like the guest, but I think every episode that's just you two, I've like listened to the yeah, whole. Yeah, before before the we whole let you thing. before we let you go, Dean. Before we let you go, why don't you just name some of those guests you didn't really like? That'd be great for us. We're looking. We're crowdsourcing feedback, so it'd be helpful if you if you had any. You know, just if anybody you didn't you just really didn't like. You know, really quick last question. People have described our podcast. We just did a, a podcast yesterday where the guest was saying their manager was like, oh, do you want to do this podcast? It's kind of like a bro podcast. So if you indeed are an avid listener, can you rate us on the zero to 99 Rotten Tomatoes scale for our level of broness? I mean, I don't think it's that bro, right? It would be like 50, 60. Ugh, that's still kind of high. Still kind of high. No, I would take that. I think that's our charm, Jason. And also, we okay. can't bury our, we, you know, that's who we are. We can't deny that. You know what I mean? So I think that thank you for that honest feedback. And, and Dean, tell people um, where they can find you online, where they can read your stuff, etc. Uh, it's just my name is Dean Kissick, and those are my handles. I have a monthly column called The Downward Spiral. Yeah, you guys have to check that out. It's quite good. Um, Dean's one of my favorite people to new new favorite people to talk about you know just kind of the world at large with I think he's got a very interesting interesting take on it um, and it knows how to mind. articulate it well yeah knows how to articulate it well um, all right Dean thank you so much uh, it's a pleasure and we will talk to you soon happiness more or less it's just a change in something in my liberty on my mind Happiness coming and going I watch you look up and watch my fever grow And I know just where I am But how many corners do I have to turn? How many times do I have to learn? All the love I have is in my mind